and welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. Sure, I'm talking weird. I'm Jeremy the Impact. You're welcome in. This is our weekly Impact Media offering where we talk combat sports. That's pro wrestling. That's MMA. That's boxing. That's Olympic wrestling. Yep, said Olympic wrestling. There's a reason I said that in case you weren't paying attention or just didn't happen to catch some of the things we uh, posted from over the weekend. Welcome in. It's been quite a week already. We all know that we're going to be talking a lot about things that happened last week. I think, uh, yeah, let's, let's start with the WWE offerings, right? Let's start with the WWE offerings. Uh, as always, if you want to follow the show, have a question, comment, suggestion, cool fun fact, uh, personal achievement you want to share, anything in particular. You have uh, cool graphics or memes you want to send, that's, that's fine too. Critical feedback, whatever. Um, if you want to find, if you want to find the show at Team Impact Media on Twitter. Uh, we have a couple different pages on Facebook. There's a pretty good shot. You can find us. As always, you can find Facebook under my name. Put a note. If, if you're going to send me a friend request or, or something like that, uh, put a note on there that says you listen to the show because I get a lot of random ones and I get a lot of uh, robots. So just want to make sure you're a real person. Uh, at the Impact Ninety Nine on Twitter and Instagram, you will find me at those uh, Triller as well. I'm working on changing my TikTok. Uh, it's like uh, Mad Hat or something. I don't know. Working on changing that, but that's all the fun ways you can find us. Anywhere you can find the podcast, where you can find this show. Without further ado, with Raw. At some point, people are going to get tired of Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. I think I speak for the collective audience when I say we're not we're not tired of that yet because they're not running to the ground. They are. Uh, it's it's almost like a duck duck goose game. It's uh, Bobby Lashley is is seated on the floor. And he's next to some other people. And, and sometimes him and Drew swapping this. And Drew kind of skips around, skips around, skips around. When is he going to tag Bob Lashley? When is he going to tag old Bobby? And then he tags him. That was a terrible one. There we go. Then he tags him. And they go chasing around, chasing around, chasing around, chasing around. Drew sits down. Bobby Lashley's like, all right, I got you. Got you. He does the same thing. He kind of skips around. I don't think Bobby skips. He he, he, might, he, he, he might be skipper. But uh, Bobby takes his turn going around the circle, and he knows he's going to tag Drew, and Drew knows he's going to tag him. It doesn't matter. Rules of the game say you got to wait your turn. So we wait, wait, wait. Just when we're considering maybe, maybe he tags somebody else. What does Bobby do? He tags Drew, and here we go again. This is what they're doing. This is this is one of the better setups they they've done, and and I would actually argue that Raw has uh, a good handful more 
contenders kind of lining up for the heavyweight title than SmackDown does, something I'll get into in a minute. And yet, you know, you got to think. Lashley beat McIntyre, what, before WrestleMania for the title. And then they face off again at WrestleMania. And that's still good. And then, you know, well, you got triple threat that involved uh, Braun. I, I think he just wanted to get Braun some work in there because I, I, at no point did I think Braun was going to win that match. But here, here we are again. And what is it? Are they they got a cage match, or they got they got stipulations next one coming up. I'm pretty sure. But either way, the way they're building this, having MVP is as the uh, wild card in this thing, because uh, he doesn't always interfere, but he's a great mouthpiece. He has almost turned into a Paul Heyman of this situation. Now, Lashley could talk. That's, that's, no, that's no problem, sir. Is he, is he the best in the world? No, but he's not, he's not terrible either. He's Bobby's pretty good. Drew is, is really globalizing his brand because, I mean, he was uh, promoting some stuff on... on um, local radio stations, especially in Texas. Uh, shout out to them out there. Cause, uh, we've spoken to some of them. Uh, just fantastic the way he's growing his global brand while Lashley just continues to hold that title proud. He should. But this is it's just an exceptional matchup. You get two big power guys, but they can wrestle. It's not just... Two big power guys who beat on each other. No. Lastly, is to say he's an accomplished wrestler may be insulting everybody involved in that statement. Um, not to mention MMA fighter. He fought in Bellator for a little while before coming back to WWE. He fought in Bellator while he was, he was with another wrestling company. Uh, I believe Army Ranger. You get Drew McIntyre. Been wrestling his whole life. You can see it. Out of Scotland. McIntyre had a storied history. These two have an unbelievable history. I do think at some point McIntyre could take it back off of Lashley. But either way, this matchup is hopefully the one we all look forward to for the summer. Because it, it seems like this one could go a couple more months before uh, they, they need to start doing something different. But just uh, just an exceptional matchup. Um, and, and then the other big thing I wanted to talk about with Raw. Uh, you get Alexa, who has now taken over kind of the, the fiend, creepy, possessive thing. Kind of interesting to see what they're going to do with Bray, because that was his gig. But uh, supposedly her and, and her little uh, friend there, uh, they're starting to put curses on people now. It's an interesting situation. Uh, she seems to be targeting Shayna Baszler. And not personal, but uh, I wouldn't want to pick on Shayna. Shayna, accomplished MMA star, I believe, good friend of Ronda Rousey. I believe Rousey actually coached her when she was on the Ultimate Fighter from the UFC. But, uh, I mean, look, we know the difference between pro wrestling and MMA. If you 
listen to this show, I'm pretty sure you know. But uh, even in a wrestling ring, I'm not sure Shayna would be at the top of my list of people I'd want to put a curse on. Now, they could use this proverbial, I'm doing the air quotes here, curse as a way to even the odds a little bit. Because as good an athlete as Alexa Bliss is, uh, Shayna Baszler wins this fight 99 times out of 100. The only reason she doesn't on the other one is maybe uh, a meteor hits and wipes her out like the dinosaurs. And that's, once again, no disrespect to Alexa. But, yeah, just looking at it. Now, they'll find ways to have Alexa win here and there. And she, she she's a hardworking athlete. I give her that. So she does deserve to win some, some things here and there. As far as this matchup goes... Uh, this will be a good way to split Shayna and Nia, which is what needs to happen. It needs to happen because it's just an odd pairing to have those two and, and get them out of the title picture, put Shayna back in the real title picture. Because we, as we said last week, we've said other weeks, we need more than the same three women in the main title picture hunt. Because most WWE fans have not seen Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler. I believe they faced off a couple times early in Rhea's career in NXT. But we have not seen that matchup. Um, As far as a true blue main event style, we have not seen Ashka Shayna in a good while. We have really not seen Charlotte Shayna in a while. As much as that, all that does is add a fourth to that mix. Better than three. Fourth better than three in this one, and that could be a wrench that that uh, really twists some things around. Adding Alexa into that mix, Alexa can hang with those girls for sure. Why not them both? We're working towards a five or six woman match of some kind. I think Money in the Bank is coming up. That could be interesting. I don't know, but uh, yeah, as far as Raw goes, I, I think those are those are really the the two best things going right now. It's the uh, potential Alexa versus Shayna matchup because I think it can help them both boost up to the top, and then we get a, a little bit of a change at the top, a few more extra pieces to play with. And lastly, McIntyre. And my goodness, it's it's just that good. Let's move on to, let's go SmackDown. SmackDown, interesting things that happened last week on SmackDown. Uh, it seems like Baron Corbin, or King Corbin still, because they have had another King of the Ring to uh, fix that. Although, if you want again, it's not a bad thing. Uh, King Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura instead of being throwaway jobbers for everybody like they have been. At this juncture, it seems like they are going to be foes because they have faced off a couple times. Shinsuke is really playing up this, making fun of Corbin. He comes out in a uh, big, big, uh, crazy, loud jacket that just screams Shinsuke in a, uh, a crown. It could be fun. And then he had, uh, I I have no idea who this guy is, but uh, this guy had 
this guy had a, was a really good guitar player. He played uh, Shinsuke's guitar parts of his song a few times. It was pretty cool. And uh, he actually distracted Corbin long enough for Shinsuke to get the win. It was a straight-up good win. It wasn't something dumb. Like, it wasn't just roll-ups and things like that. He caught him flush with a kick. And, uh, you know, Corbin is, is good. He's a good mechanic. He, he helps make his opposition look good. I just uh, I don't know how many more losses he can eat before he's just a straight-up jobber. Because I think it's so much more than that. And, and Shinsuke at least looks like he's getting a bump up. I could see... Maybe you get him and Apollo feud a little bit for the Intercontinental title. I think that's a bad thing. Uh, then it looks like Sammy Zayn and Lifelong Buddy, pretty much Lifelong Buddy, KO are back in a mini feud again. Look, these two know each other so well, and these two have had so many knockdown, drag out, just fantastic battles. Um, sure, I want to see it again hard to turn down watching two legends face each other for the 300th time and it still be as relevant as the first time. But maybe Sammy likes to get a little bit of a bump. It seems like Kevin Owens always gets the better of him. I think Sammy should bring back his uh, El Generico mask. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look it up. Sammy used that a lot, especially in Ring of Honor. But I think he should play into the emotions of, of KO by going back into their history and, and doing things like that. I think that would be a good change of pace, a good, a good uh, something different. Uh, we get Cesaro and Seth, which Seth pretty much made sure that we would never get a straight-up version of Cesaro versus Roman, which is fine, but it showed everybody that Cesaro is at least viewed by the company the same way we view him as somebody who could compete for a world title. So now I, I think you, you let him take care of Seth or, or Seth can beat him and then he moves up to, to, to face Roman because the last thing I want to say about SmackDown is, is that who fights Roman? Because you got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. You could make a, a stronger argument for KO at the moment, but either one of them could be potential Roman uh, opponents, you got Cesaro or Seth. Got storylines with either one of those. Cesaro getting a real chance, or uh, Seth getting to take on his former tag partner and buddy Roman. But there is somebody that's left out of this conversation at the moment. There's somebody left without a dance partner, and if Roman needs a dance partner, why not Big E? Are we finally going to get to see Big E versus Roman? Could Big E take the title? Possible. Uh, he did just come off a loss with the Apollo stuff, so maybe you have him take on somebody else and get a big win and then get Roman. I mean, you don't want him to take out both Usos because it makes them look terrible. Maybe, maybe Big E is uh, maybe it's it's that time to for uh, Big E to make a big push to the top, and maybe maybe he beats Roman. Who knows? Uh, let's go to NXT. NXT, right? Uh, Tony Storm and Zoe Stark. Look, I, I understand Zoe Stark is good. The strokes of the new company, the fact that she get all these big-time matches, I don't really like it too much. 
she has a clean victory over Tony Storm. Now they had a uh, they they had basically uh, a rematch here where Tony Storm took her out as she should. Tony Storm should be a, a top tier player at all times. Her Mercedes Martinez and a couple others. Uh, look, you can't give them title shots all the time, but if 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 you want to give Raquel Gonzalez kind of the ultimate, let's show how good she really is. And she needs wins or good showings versus the Tony Storms and Mercedes Martinez of the world. SmackDown's full of them. You just got a new one as of this week. We'll talk about the debut of the Wera Loca uh, next week. Of course, that being uh, Frankie, Frankie Monet. There we go. That's what you're calling it. Where Loca, Frankie Monet. We'll talk about that. Uh, that's you guys are gonna like her. We'll put it that way. You guys are gonna like her. She is a uh, hell of a wrestler and, and show woman for sure. But uh, you know, I guess Zoe Stark's got to do something. Uh, I, I would like to see her have some smaller feuds because there are some really good matchups with some middle-tier people. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to always be the top people because it's kind of jumbling up, kind of log-jamming the top of the women's division, and it's, it's not looking good. Like, she's good, and she can hang with them, but she's not established. People just know that she's the, the one who keeps getting put in the matchups. They don't know much about her. Well, she wouldn't see where she was before here or anything like that. I barely only saw a couple of her matches in, her, in the last company. Before she appeared here, but good to see Tony Storm go over as she should. But it's just interesting to see because both of these girls are, are kind of in limbo. Both of these women are in limbo. Not real sure what either one of them are going to do. Uh, Imperium have officially ended their ties with Alexander Wolf. He was attacked. Uh, he just got medically cleared the other day, and then had a match uh, last Wednesday or last Tuesday. And uh, after, after his, uh, I think he won. Yeah, after his victory, the other two attacked him, and he's officially out of Imperium. Uh, Alexander Wolf didn't really fit them so much anyway. He needs to kind of span off and, and and spawn off or whatever, and, and do his own thing. I mean, they, they might pair him up with somebody. I mean, they could. I really don't know who they could pair him up with, because I was going to say with Timothy Thatcher, and that, that leaves uh, Champa a chance to do some other things, but I'm really starting to like their team. I really like how they do their promos, how they, they, uh, they're just dark brooding. But, uh, yep, Alexander Wolf not in Imperium. I think it's going to be a better move for him. We're going to see what he could do solo. He's always kind of been the solo member of that group anyway. Uh, this whole feud with uh, Legato Del Fantasma, a.k.a. really wicked sick team with probably the best name in, in wrestling at the moment. Their thing with Thatcher and Champa led to a match this week. We'll talk about it next week, obviously. Um, LDF, man, they're, they're just really, really good. For a couple guys that you probably haven't heard of, you may have heard of the leader of that group, but at the same time, my goodness, they're they're so good. They you got to think they've had feuds with Brizongo. They've had feuds with uh, Small One with MSK, which is where they're trying to get now. 
they have put these guys in just the short run they've had. They only started this team up about a year ago, the, the, the three of them. But clearly, they proved that they are one of the best teams around. Uh, lastly, in NXT, as far as last week, uh, Bronson Reed wins the North American Championship from Johnny Gargano. Finally, Johnny Wrestling uh, surrenders the title. They really like Reed. He is a good social uh, ambassador out of, I think, is he Australia? He's from Australia. But uh, just uh, an overall good big man. He can talk. Uh, look, going into uh, this week's action, seems like Johnny's leaving him alone. Johnny's got his own things to deal with. Like I said, I could see Gargano. Remember, I predicted this. Gargano and Austin Theory could do some tag team stuff. I would kind of like to see that because it would develop Austin a little more and it gives Gargano a little bit of a break of not having to be basically like the Shawn Michaels, like always four to five star every time you walk out. We need you to put on a good show. Got to give him a little bit of a break and they can can really get into the Dexter Luma stuff. But Reed is the North American champion. I very much like. I want to see what they do with it. Like I said, as of this week, there are some people who uh, kind of make it known who want to be the next in line. I think you guys are going to like it because it's somebody I have mentioned previously, like this episode. Uh, let's see. AEW. AEW. Things you need to pay attention to here. You got Hikaru Shida and Dr. Brett Baker. These are two of the best female wrestlers, two of the best wrestlers, but two of the best female wrestlers, not only in AEW, but in the world right now. I hate pound for pound, but overall, these are two of the best out there at the moment, in my humble opinion. I just hope that when these two get together again to have their pay-per-view match or or wherever it's going to take place, that... They don't book it bad. They don't. They they let these two just go because these two need to put on a wrestling clinic. It doesn't need to be a blood and guts. You know, it doesn't need to be crazy weapons or anything like that. These two just need to square off and show everybody why they are two of the best on the planet. Uh, Looks like Anthony Agogo, who is the former Olympic boxer, I believe, out of the Nightmare Academy. Looks like him and Cody are on a collision course. That makes a lot of sense. You want to bring him in against kind of the gatekeeper and against kind of the veteran. It will make him look really good and also teach him some things while he's there. Uh, I do want to see a go-go do more than just punch people. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else he has in his arsenal. But a former boxer, keep the punches in. It looks like Lance Archer is going to be the first contender for the TNT Championship that Miro won last week. You get Miro versus Lance Archer. Goodness. Goodness. This is going to be incredible. These are these are also two big guys. Yeah, they can pick you up. They can throw you around. They can bruise you. But they're also two guys that can wrestle their rear ends off. So if these two face off, obviously... I would love Archer to win because it seems like uh, he never gets those big opportunities. And when he does, he just he ends up, you know, putting the other guy over. But at the same time, it's about time Miro got a championship. 
they're not ready for him to be in the world title picture yet. He'll do good with the TNT, and unfortunately, his first victim is going to be Archer. Impact Wrestling. Looks like Kojima from New Japan. He's also a Bullet Club member. Looks like he's going to debut next week. So it's looking like Impact Wrestling is turning into the uh, new home of, of a lot of the, the smaller members that unless you watch New Japan, you've never heard of. You should watch New Japan. But Kojima coming over, you guys are going to like Kojima. He has a interesting, unique style, just like uh, El Fantasma. Fantasmo. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how many Bullet Club members end up over here and if they start doing something with that. You got Sammy Callahan, Moose, Omega, and the Good Brothers who had a little dust up. Uh, they were all going to try to take out Moose and Sammy Callahan come to his aid. Moose was like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, thanks for the backup and all this. And then Callahan goes, I'd do it for you. And Callahan shouldn't. Like I said, who should take the belt off? Who should take the Impact Wrestling belt off of Omega? Sammy Callahan. Absolutely. Could Moose do it? Sure. I, if Moose does it, that's fine too. Because that's my other big topic. What is your plan for Moose? We he comes out there. He, his promos are are getting better. He's he's doing a lot of fun things. The only problem. Is he just coming out there and he's talking, or he's in a dust-up with somebody? He occasionally has a good match with somebody. I mean, he always has pretty good matches now. They've gotten better, too. But there's no real purpose. He's just, you know, he's he's the he's the, the sideshow. He's the, uh, the back ring of the circus. You know, he, he's not the lion tamer. He's not the trapeze artist. Uh, he's not the, any of the clowns in the car. He's... Um, you know, the guy who juggles flaming swords, where he needs to be in the center circle. He needs to be in the center circle. Moose, it's took me a while to come around on him, but, you know, Moose, I'm with you, bud. It, it's time for your push-up. You and Sammy Callahan are two of the top contenders, if not the top contenders. And you should be going for the belt, and they should get it off Omega. Because the longer Omega has it, just doesn't it's not doing anything for impact wrestling for him to have it and then lastly uh finn juice they uh they had a match right at the end of impact wrestling where they won and kept their belts and then they're like yep we'll see you guys we're going to japan and then before they could violent by design came out and because they won a tournament and because they won a stipulation match a while back eric young I brought this trophy out or whatever and uh, handed the referee and said, made a motion like, uh, we're doing this now. We're calling our shot. And so uh, Rhino and forget the other big dude's name. They took on Finn Juice. They ended up beating Finn Juice and Violet by Design are your new tag team champions. As much as I like Finn Juice, the same argument I use about Omega being on a different show and having your belt does nothing for your company. Having your tag team champions wrestle in New Japan three times as much as they wrestle in your company was not doing you any favors. So Violet by Design having the, t- the titles back so Finn Juice can go back and do their thing. Love it. Absolutely 
11. Uh, Ring of Honor. Here's the matches they had from this week. Fred Yehi. Once again, he cut his teeth around here a little bit before he went there. Uh, he took on Rocky Romero in a pure wrestling match. If you don't know what a pure wrestling match is, it is uh, very straight-laced by the book. You only get so many rope breaks, things like that. It's more about the pure Ring of Honor style of wrestling. Without, you know, didn't say pure on purpose, purpose there, but that, that's, you know, look it up. But uh, Fred wins over Rocky. Rocky is Rocky is so underrated, the things he does in the ring. Uh, they really like Fred. They're really pushing Fred. They are kind of between Josh Woods and Fred Yehi and a couple. And the other ones, they, you know, if they AC3 and Flip Gordon, who I'm going to mention in a minute. You put all of them in, in that kind of pure style, and you almost have like a, like a mini MMA bracket to a point. So... I really like what they're doing with it and that they're trying to put more emphasis on wrestling, which is what put them on the map. Impact Wrestling should consider that because what put them on the map was a six-sided ring. Don't go back to that. And the X-Division, which is something they push a little, but, you know, I didn't mention it earlier because they haven't done much with it. But a big win for Fred there. Flip Gordon and EC3 look like they're on a collision course after tagging a couple weeks ago. Um, looks like Flip is in that mercenary mode where he'll do whatever he has to to get the win. EC3 is going more of the pure role where he's uh, kind of frowns upon him doing that. And if those two face off, that's main event quality by far. Uh, and then we got the OGK, which is the uh, original kingdom, which is Mike Bennett. I kind of wish you'd go back to Miracle Mike Bennett because, uh, I don't know, I liked it. uh, Him and Matt Taven. Uh, Taven was attacked in the back. He said he didn't know who attacked him. They kind of spent part of the show trying to Scooby-Doo mystery it and kind of, who could have done it? Who could have done it? Well, not many people. you got to think. If anybody's going to attack them before they take on the foundation, of which they use members uh, Titus, uh, Rhett Titus and uh, Tracy Williams. If they're going to face them for tag team title shots, it would either be somebody who's trying to protect the titles so that they can win them. There's not really a team out there outside of Shane Taylor promotions, but they're not ones to attack a lot of people backstage. They straight up will just beat you in the ring. They do it on camera, whatever they're going to do. Uh, so you kind of go through it. I kind of had an idea who it was. And at the very end, when OGK loses, the foundation retains. It was a good match. Uh, I guess they were given OGK an excuse to lose because then they lost. And who should appear on the screen? Vincent. Vincent is back. It looks like him and Matt Taven. I think Vincent got really, really hurt. He's finally back and cleared. We're going to see him and Matt Taven. They're going to have to eventually hash this out. And then once they hash it out, it's almost to a point where one of them has to leave the company because this has gotten so far into this, there's nowhere to go with it. So we'll see what they're going to do there. Congratulations to Foundation. Uh, Red Titus, by the way, has got to be the all-star of the Foundation because we all know the other ones are, are super good. They're always pushed in some big opportunities. 
Brett Titus has always kind of been the other guy in the team and things like that. But when you watch him, he just takes over matches. And uh, shout out to him. He's fantastic. I always always kind of liked the guy. I'm not going to say I was a super big fan or nothing like that. Because like I said, it, he was always like the other guy. And I, and I didn't take as much notice. Now that I've seen him with his work with the foundation, Red Titus, man, he is he is the MVP, the all-star of Ring of Honor right now, especially the foundation. Uh, let's talk some UFC. Before I get into fight night, uh, Paul Felder retired. Paul Felder, who is some... He does a lot of commentary, still does commentary. He's been doing some uh, TV shows and movies. But uh, he officially, you know, he retired, unretired to fight on a five-day notice to help save a main event during COVID about a year ago, which he did a fantastic job in, even though you know, I think he took on uh, RDA. And uh, even though he didn't win, he doubled his popularity. But uh, he is officially retired. He he, he says he's good calling a career. Uh, he said, yeah, it sucks that he never got a, uh, never was able to win the, the championship. But all the things that he has got set up now for life after fighting, whether it's commentary, whether it's because he, he went to a drama school. So he actually knows how to act and do things like that. So he's using that. And like I said, he's been in, in uh, TV shows. He's been in movies. He's starting to do some other stuff to transition out of fighting. Fantastic. Congratulations to you, Paul Felder. It was fantastic watching you fight. Uh, I didn't know much about him until he unretired last year, and after that fight I went and looked up some of his other ones. Uh, dude was one of the best, better ones for sure. Now let's get into UFC Fight Night and the battles that I think you should want to know about. Now, there's three obvious ones, but let's go to the less obvious one. Ben Rothwell, with his big victory over Chris Barnett. Ben Rothwell, man, I heard him on Bisping's show the other day. I implore you to go listen to that if uh, if you get the chance. Uh, super guy. Seems really chill, really cool. And uh, he's he's got to start being in that probably top ten mix. He's going to... He's going to start getting some bigger people there. He's had a good good amount of fights. He's been in the UFC for a long time. I think he's currently the longest tenured guy, mainly because they got rid of a lot of the other guys that were around when he was around. But uh, Ben is, is really starting to put him to get, put some, some good wins together, some good showings. I think we could see him a little bit on the rise. But uh, definitely go check that out if you didn't see his fight with Chris Barnett. And even if you did, go check out Ben's other stuff. Uh, we had the main event, Rob Font versus Cody Garbrandt. A lot of people thought Cody was going to just cakewalk this. Instead, I think proof was in the pudding. And that was that Rob Font is a guy we should be talking more about as a big contender. As uh, I mean, he just beat Cody Garbrandt, a former champion. Cody Garbrandt's no slouch. Cody looked like he was on his A game. You know, it's not like it's like, well, he looked like he was under the weather. or There's no excuses here. Rob Font beat Cody Garbrandt. You can give him four rounds. You can give him five rounds. It was either four to one or five to nothing. And uh, it was close in these rounds. But at the same time, you knew who won that fight long before we heard a score. Congratulations, Rob Font, on that. 
Uh, you had Jan Jalman, who took on Carla Esparza. This was another one. It was a coming out party. Carla Esparza showed everybody why she should be a top contender. She showed everybody that if she can if she can beat Jan, that she can probably beat anybody. And if I'm if I'm other people, other women in the division, I'm looking over my shoulder like I don't know if I want to fight her right now. But congratulations to Carla. And then Edmund Shabazian versus Jack Hermans, the joke. Well, Edmund looked pretty good. And then Jack took over. The Joker took over, and it was just a great exhibition, a great showcase for Hermanson. Hermanson shows that when Marvin Vittori beat him after they decided to fight on short notice, when his other opponent dropped out, hey, Vittori is now going for the world championship. I think Jack's got to be either one fight away from a world title shot or maybe... Maybe Jack takes on the winner. Maybe so. Uh, but good to see Joker back. Edmund, like I said, didn't look bad. It was just like the uh, the uh, Rob Font, Cody Garbrandt. It was uh, it was just Jack's Jack's night. And I think if he puts together other performances like that, Joker Jack's going to have a title very soon. Very very soon. Uh, Bellator 259, there were three fights. There was a lot of really good ones, but here's the three fights that I think mean the most going forward. You had Valerie Laredo, who took on Hannah Guy. I don't know who Hannah Guy is. Once you stop listening to this show, well, right now, pause it. That's fine. Go look up Hannah Guy. Hannah Guy has future world champion written all over her. What she did to Valerie Laredo... That's not easy to do. So, shout out to Hannah Guy on her big win. Uh, in the main event, because there's another one that I thought was better. Uh, Leslie Smith got her rematch versus Chris Cyborg. Of course, Chris Cyborg won. She actually got the uh, she got the TKO like 10 seconds before the, the, the fight was over. But the fact that, you know, the first time they fought, this thing, like, barely got into the first or second, I think. I think it was the first. Give it up for Leslie Smith, who almost went five full rounds taking some shots from Cyborg. Some shots. But uh, your featherweight world champion, of course, in Bellator now, is still Chris Cyborg, and it just brings up the debate. You're not going to get a cross-promotion like you are right now with AEW, New Japan, and, and Impact Wrestling. Because if you did, God, the matchup we all want to see is Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg. They faced before, and I think Cyborg got the better of her. I think one of one of, uh, one of Amanda's losses, I believe, is Chris Cyborg. I could be wrong. God, that's one we want to see. But instead, there's some other contenders in, in both sides. But if both of those ladies continue to run through the division, their divisions, I think you've got to figure out how to make that work. Uh, as much as, as we want to see Kayla Harrison go into one of those divisions and, and disrupt some stuff, 
by the by the way, my guess is she goes Bellator and, and takes on Chris Cyborg before she takes on Amanda Nunes. But my goodness, it's it's you're about to start seeing a log jam and a good log jam in a couple different areas. And then of course, Austin Vanderford took on Fabian Edwards. This was really good. Fabian looked really good all three rounds. Austin just looked better. Now, at the end, if you saw the two of them, it looked like Austin lost. But it was because late in the third, when Fabian was on his back and Austin was mounted on on him, uh, his head got a little close to Fabian. Fabian threw some good elbows, and they just sliced up the head and and forehead of Austin. And so he couldn't even barely stop it long enough for him to get his hand raised. But uh, Fabian Edwards, still a super fighter. This this does not mean he's a terrible fighter. He got beat by an undefeated guy. So now Austin is now is it eight or eleven. Either way, Austin Vanderford. He is now a guy. This was like four versus five or three versus four. You have to start thinking title picture for Austin Vanderford. There's some things he does need to work on, and he knows that. But overall. This was the awesome we wanted to see. His wrestling was A-plus on point. He took down Fabian Edwards whenever he wanted to. He controlled him on the ground. He had some good strikes. Solid, solid performance. And that's awesome. That's awesome. the awesome we need to see if you're, if you're going to go for that title. Um, that leaves us to this weekend where we get fight night. Now, I'm going to go just over the, uh, just mention a couple things, but I'm really going to talk the, uh, the main event. And, yeah, just, just mainly the main event of, of Fight Night. Uh, there, well, since prelims are in front of me, too. Prelims of Fight Night, which, of course, is on Saturday, I believe. Uh, you get Marina Moroz taking on Manon Ferro in the women's flyweight. In the men's lightweight, you will get Alan Patrick versus Mason Jones. In the welterweight division, Francisco Trinaldo versus uh, Muslim Salikov. Tanner Bozer, the heavyweight, is going to take on Alir Latifi. That's going to be good, man. That's, that's going to be Godzilla King Kong right there. Uh, and then in the last of kind of the main event of the prelims, you get Marquand, Amir Khani taking on Nate Landwehr in the featherweight division. That's going to be fun. Now we move to the main card. You get Tom Breeze, the middleweight, against Antonio Arroyo. That's going to be just two hammers. Santiago Ponzinibbio against Miguel Baeza in the welterweight division. You get Roman Deleuze, a light heavyweight against uh, Loreno Staropoli. You get Marcin Tabura, the heavyweight. is going to take on Walt Harris. Man, it's, it's heavyweight heavy in this one. And then we're going to get to see, at 15-2-1, the heavyweight Augusto Sakai taking on, at 11-2-0, Jarzino Rosenstrike. That's going to be fun, man. That's that. That's a fight night. That is very heavyweight division heavy. It's just going to be 
fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. Make sure you watch. I did not see if uh, if nothing else is on ESPN Plus, but uh, depending on basketball or some things like that, there's a good chance that ESPN or ESPN Two will be showing some of it. So uh, definitely check that out. And then I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, a little bit of self-promotion, but it's more about the people I talked to. Uh, Last Saturday, I was able to uh, meet and talk and discuss the Olympics with a couple members of the Team USA wrestling team. They were uh, absolutely fabulous. Uh, I almost didn't feel like it was an interview. It just felt like a couple friends hanging out over lunch. Uh, even though we didn't have any food, it's quite all right. But, uh, yeah, go check out uh, Instagram, Facebook, all our pages like that. All of them are up there. Um, we're working on getting the last one on Instagram. There's, I don't know. We're trying to figure out what's going on with it. But uh, I, I was able to talk to uh, Kyle Dake, Kayla Miracle, Sarah Hildebrandt, Ildon Hafasov, and uh, Tamara Mensa-Stock, they, they are five of, of uh, the, the better humans on, on the planet. They were super cool, they, especially giving me that much of their time. And uh, definitely go check that out. And hey, early August, cheer these men and women on, not just because they're Team USA, but because they're great people. They're great people. But that is going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make this so much fun to come on each and every week and talk pro wrestling, combat sports, boxing, Olympic wrestling, everything. It is so much fun. You guys know how much I love it. I know how much you guys love it. But I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to Strong Style. Deuces, gooses.